0: My name's Jen
1: Newton. And I'm Ari Fox.
0: And we're New Gaming News, a bi weekly podcast and newsletter focused on the esports and gambling industry. Owning an esports team in America is awful business. And uh, Mark Cuban is a Dallas Mavericks owner. And he goes to say that in other countries it is a good business, but here in America it's just not there yet. And he would never sign up for any sort of league like league of legends call of duty he even references overwatch league just saying how it is bad business uh what are your thoughts on that
1: well you know it's because i watched the video uh there's a video in that article and the woman interviewing him asked him um well, where's the money in esports he didn't really answer that question all he did was say that it was bad business and owning a team mm-hmm. and getting involved in the leagues in the united states and, um, and what he did say was that, like you said, owning a team or a league in Asia or even Europe, for that matter, is a good bet, is a good way to make investment money. Um, obviously, he sees a trend where in the United States it's, you know, we're very – this country, the United States, is a very difficult um, – type of society where we don't do things very quickly we don't move into things that quickly Mm -hmm. and it's very hard for us to adjust um to um you know new new things so it it, i think in some ways it allows um in the esports world to sort of develop outside the united states and then, then, then find its 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 legs here. And you know, when I was a kid, um, soccer was trying to make its way into the United States, and it wasn't doing very well. It it had a it had sort of like a, a groundswell, and then it like faded. Um, you know that it it seems to me that I I. I think, like I said, I've said this before. Esports is growing no matter what. we fine, it's going to grow. But I always have said that anybody purchasing or getting involved in, you know, buying a team now is going to have to wait like 10 to 15 years, if that, in the United States for them to really get their money back on what they invested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason is because, I mean, he mentioned it. He said, you know, the League of Legends... Um, you know, uh, final uh, championship was um, only 350,000 people viewed
0: it. I, yeah, I have something to say about that, too. So he says that the Overwatch League only has 300,000 or maximum or so maximum viewers, and that's not a huge number. But I, mean, I think...
1: I in mean,
0: I'm I'm Overwatch League, th- Well, yeah, uh, that's the one, one statistic that was in front of me. Uh, he, I know he talks about other ones as well. But him specifically saying that's not a huge number, I feel like is just different in today's day and age. I feel like everything with the internet is a niche market. So if you're hitting 300,000 Overwatch fans who are watching this, it is beneficial. Even if it's not a huge number on paper compared to anything traditional, it is probably more impactful because they love this so much and it's not you know, so when generic.
1: Well there's there's yes, yeah, so you have 350,000 passionate fans, okay? Now that's a great number. But converting that to the terms of Mark Cuban and converting that to terms of like you know, people who have made a you know, a lot of money in this country. Mm. Is it really making? Does it really make all that sense? I mean, look at why is Facebook worth so much money? It's only worth so much money because it has like, you know, a billion users or something insane like that. Mm-hmm. Um, any of these social networks that are that create an enormous amount of groundswell of people that are behind it—it's all about numbers. It's all about the emails and database and information that they gain from the audience that they're viewing because I'll tell you why 350,000 people isn't enough people for a guy like Mark Cuban to say you know what I can take you know this this game I can take the you know the Overwatch championship and say That I'm going to make my money because now I know exactly what these 350,000 viewers want and, um, you know, what they're, you know, individually, what's the data on their, on their internet searches, what's the data on what they're interested in. But at 350000 it's just not a big enough number for them to leverage that, that kind of mm. uh, a leverage, a money back. You know, it's all about the money. I mean, you know, it's sad, but it's true. I mean, I was just at a sports conference today, and, um, you know, they were talking about Disney purchasing some of these media companies that are going out and talking about um, – Uh, you know, statistics on who they who people should bet on, um, you know, and specific in-game betting and all the stuff. And are the big networks going to get involved with this sports betting? Mm -hmm. And everything. The general consensus was that it's not big enough yet. I mean, sports betting is big in New Jersey, but it's just not big enough because it hasn't spread enough to the to more states. So, a company like Disney or a company like, you know, Warner Warner Brothers or any of these big companies aren't gonna come in and say that they want to be they want to buy it. I mean, you know, let let's put it this way: Why was Twitch bought for what was it a billion dollars from Amazon? Because what of was the it, users. Exactly. It was his. It was his users. It wasn't three hundred fifty thousand users, was it?
0: I don't know specifically. I'd have to look it up.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're. I'm just, you know, guessing here, but I can tell you, I can guarantee you, that it was a much bigger number than three hundred fifty thousand
0: users.
1: Mm. Um, and I think that you know, from from what you're saying in your perspective, is yeah, but those are passionate people who really, you know, are into to Overwatch. That's great, but you know they look at that and say I can't leverage that that number because it's not big enough. Well, I guess it
0: depends. It, like maybe not for an investor, they wouldn't want to invest into it, and that is his point. But if you're a smaller company trying to sponsor them, I think that's the right move because it is essentially influencer marketing.
1: Right, but it's like that's that was but that was the biggest that was the biggest you know that's the biggest tip I have with with um you know with with uh, Blizzard. Um, is that you know um, they, they they sold a, bull, a bill of goods you know to to these guys, to these team owners 20 million dollars for an overwatch team. Is it really worth 20 million dollars if you have 350,000 passionate viewers? Maybe to the e-sport, esports eSport side of it yeah, but to the investor, is that really worth it? And, and Blizzard's sitting there counting their money going hey 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 ha ha ha. You know, we... Well, we, we, we
0: early on in the NBA, it says his initial investment in the NBA team cost him $285 million.
1: But the NBA's been established. Mm. The NBA has, has, you know, enormous, you know, following. And it's been around a long time.
0: So I think I, it's I, a long-term investment...
1: Well, that's what I said. you give it, You got to give it 15 years. At, 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 yeah,
0: but for, you know. for the potential of it, I feel like that's not that bad of a deal. I could see from his perspective, like, obviously he knows more than I do. But right. I do think that these teams, since they have the money, getting into these leagues is a good long-term investment. Yeah,
1: but even – listen – When when people who have a lot of money getting involved in it and and, and spending, I don't care. You know, they don't give a shit if they're spending twenty thousand dollars or twenty million dollars. It's still money to them. It's greenback. It's it's money. So if I'm going to spend the money, I want my return on the investment. Mm -hmm. And twenty million dollars for three hundred fifty thousand viewership and an Overwatch championship is not a good value. It's not a a good bet for right now. None of these people want to wait around. I mean, by the time... It's a possibility that by the time... Like, some of these owners, by the time their investments that they bought, they may be in the ground six feet under. Mm. You know what I mean? They are looking to sell... A lot of them are looking to sell, to sell their teams to someone else. It does say
0: that Legacy North America esports organization, Cloud9... Pulled their investment from in the Overwatch League team, the London Spitfire, and they're cutting players and costs in their counter strike roster as well.
1: Right. So where where are we going with all of this? And mm. and like you said, there, you have three hundred and fifty thousand dedicated fans that watched Overwatch. You had you have BlizzCon recently, um, and they I heard it was a very successful but and they had a, but these these communities and that's what they are, they're communities are smaller divisions of, uh, you know, it, it's not there. And I think what, I w- what I've said in prior podcasts is that they're trying to push the envelope as much as they possibly can to get investment. Mm. So it's like you, you, you're not there, you're not 100% mature, and you know what the saddest part about it? And, and listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that the investors and people that are investing money in esports are right. I'm not saying that. They know that esports is going to be big, but the problem with investors is they don't want to invest until it is big. Yeah, which make which makes no sense, you know. So the so it it almost puts the people who are running these you know leagues, and I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to put all the blame on Blizzard either, but it almost puts the point at the at, at on the publisher side on the league side on the team side to say that it's bigger than it is because if they don't then they're not going to get the investment
0: yeah they have to like so so yeah so it's like it's like
1: it's like it's it is a it is sort of like a you know you you know it is usury it is trickery on the esports side of the industry to get the investment dollars but the investment the investors would never invest if they didn't if they didn't exaggerate those numbers. Yeah, and
0: even beyond the numbers, he does go in to say how with the meta changes, um, and the game constantly evolving into different things, that's not a good model as well for longevity.
1: And, and he has a... I mean, again, we were talking about how Americans are very used to what they're used to. They mm-hmm. like to do what they know. And when you when you change the meta on these games every six months... It there's no stability.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's a that's and a problem h- now. Speaking of BlizzCon yeah. and
0: Overwatch, they're coming out with Overwatch Two, and they're changing the competitive mode uh, for Overwatch League and just competitive gameplay. So that just does play into the fact that they started this league. They're only two seasons in, and they're already changing it completely.
1: Because what happens in esports, you know that I, as far as you know, as you know that I, you know as well as I do that if you you have a hot game. It's good for one or two years, and then it just dies.
0: Yeah. So it has,
1: it has to be reinvented. Yeah. And and what what I think they should be doing, honestly, what I think they should be doing is, if you're going to start a professional league, um, the the publisher themselves can't go in every six months or every two years or every year and change the game up. It should be, first off, they should they should release the game to all. The teams and players before they want to go and change it. So let's say, I don't know, for argument's sake, they decide they want to keep the same game of Overwatch. Uh, that's, I'm talking about there should be, the problem is that, like, like I said, is that esports is not organized properly. So if we decided, like, you have a professional video game competitor, so, you know, in the esports sector. They have teams like you know Team Liquid, Fnatic, you know, um, you know all of the teams, uh, in San Francisco Shock, um, you know the F- Fusion, all these guys that are playing professional on the at the highest levels. They're getting training, they're getting all this other stuff. There's a lot of investment being put into these teams for the publishers to turn around and change these games. The meta every six you know every 6 months or put a new mod in there or or every every 2 years to create a new version that makes perfect sense for the general public for the casual video game player but if you want to create a league that's going to have some stability keep it up keep it around for, keep the older version that they're only playing that older version for 3 4 years mm. build it up so you get that following you know i mean To have to do that and just come out with a version 2. I can understand Overwatch version 2, yeah, for everyone else. But version 1, okay, that's for the pros. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, they're playing that. So segment, the. we're looking at the entire video gaming industry as a whole. And segment it to a point. Now we're looking into segmentation. We're looking into the professional play, we're looking into the casual player, and then, you know, my biggest my my eye on the prize is the sector of you know, esport betting. You know, but esport betting in the United States and anywhere else in the country in the world has to be regulated. Yeah. Right?
0: Well that's so the biggest we, thing that's in the way. It's really the only thing that is in the way.
1: What is? the regular
0: uh, the, regu- the lack of regulations around it uh it doesn't but, have the green here, light here, here,
1: here, well here's the here's the economy. here's the problem okay here's the problem that publishers are having publishers don't want to lose control they don't want to be dictated to on how they're supposed to release their games and all this stuff
0: yeah but what
1: i what i'm what what's going to happen is if it continues to grow and there continues to be offshore bet you know Offshore illegal betting on esports, and there continues to be, you know, um, uh, you know, these teams that are now having to cut players um, because they can't support them. Because you know, it, 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 Mark Cuban has a has has a right and a definite um, uh, opinion in saying that it's not stable because it's not. And and if we if if they just keep it the same for pros and say, okay, this is the pro-level video game. You can you can ascend to that and you can play in the pros if you want to play in the pros. And they can still keep control over it all. They can keep control over the professional levels. They can keep control on the new releases to the, to the general video gaming industry. And they can keep control and make money. They can make money on each segmented piece. They're going to make money for from sponsorships and other things when they're dealing with professional play. They're gonna make money from releasing, you know, different games to the general public to play on a casual level, and they can make money on the betting on eSports as a kickback too, just like the pro league, just like professional uh, conventional sports do. Mm. There's ways for them to make more money and still not sacrifice their integrity. But they're, they're what's going to happen is they're not looking at like that, and if they don't do that, government's going to come in and regulate it for them, and yeah. then they'll lose control of all of a lot of the things that they're doing, and they're not going to like that. No one's going to like that. It's going to limit a lot of things, and that's going to be a big problem. And I can tell you, I mean, I work in the gambling space. I know that there is a lot of talk about from government regulators. If they want to have or release a a video game in that state or that whatever, um, and people are betting on it, you better make, you know, there better be regulation on it. I mean, New Jersey is close to talking about esports and betting on esports. If if that's going to happen, there's regulation that's going to be on there, and it's going to be enforced, and the publishers are going to have no way of controlling.
0: I guess we'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you know, what happened with the, with conventional sports was the NFL, the NBA, um, uh, and Major League Baseball were all trying to block the state of New Jersey from uh, repealing the PASFA, uh law, which was repealed a year, about almost now, a year and a half ago, um, and by, by the federal government. So it was repealed. So that meant it opened it to the states, and each state can decide where they want to, you know, that they want to approve uh, sports betting. But now each state is regulating what they're going to do. And what's ha- what happened with Major League Baseball and NBA and, and well, they had a smaller piece of the pie when they could have had more of the pie if they backed the state of New Jersey. If they played nicely in the sandbox with the state of New Jersey originally, then they could have been involved in it now they're getting involved in it now that the federal government repealed it now they're gonna now they're playing nicely and 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 some of the states are saying okay we'll give you a piece too but they're not getting a very big piece so not if they had taken
0: steps uh earlier
1: so i'm saying is the publishers instead of going after guys like mark cuban and robert Kraft and taking money from alex rodriguez who is just off that he had to give him he only gave like a million dollars for a San Francisco shock and his what and his girlfriend um, J-Lo and you know Shaq and all the stuff and taking the money from, from them meaning Blizzard taking the money from these guys giving them teams um, and then and for 20 million dollars um, instead of doing that there's more there's the better way of doing it with and and, and in the long term as a long term a uh, plan is going to keep the publishers more in control, mm. and, and the short-term gain. Listen, everybody's playing a short-term gain here. It's 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 not a it's you, if they really want esports, esports going to survive regardless of how these how the big boys with all the money are going to play with it. But um, because the people themselves want it, so it's going to survive no matter what. But what I'm pointing out is that. If they don't play it correctly, the way it should be played, then um, they're not looking in a long-term game. They're they're really gonna just they'll destroy it. It'll come back in different ways, but they're gonna just destroy it, and and that's what's gonna happen with with you know if we don't if it's not done in the right way.
0: Sounds ominous.
1: Yeah. Well you know, I I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. I'm sure that, you know, I mean, I don't know why that happened. Well, I I, I actually do know why. It happens more in the United States because we're probably the most highly regulated um, litigious state uh, country in the world. Are we? I mean, we have more lawyers here than, you know, you can shake a stick at. Mm. And they all have to get involved in everything that's going on. Now, you go into Korea, South Korea... And Asia, and you're dealing with, you know, when you're you're dealing with esports there, and it's not the same, it's not the same script. Yeah. Which is why Mark Cuban said you could make more money on teams and leagues in Asia than you can in the United States. Yeah. Let's let's face it, lawyers really screw everything up.
0: (laughs) No offense, lawyers.
1: I know some some really nice ones, so.
0: No offense.
1: No offense to any lawyers out there, but. You know, it it is. It becomes a problem, and you know, because everybody wants a peace mm. in this country. They can't do anything without getting. You know, years ago it was the mafia. You know, in the in the fifties and sixties, the mob would walk into your store and say, "I'm going to give you protection. You're going to give me a piece."
0: <laughs> so, who's doing that now?
1: All, all legal people, all yeah. the government, and 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 and, and anyone that uh, you know. That you know, um, well, that's what I'm saying is that Blizzard isn't playing it like the Mafia can. Like they're in control. They're the they're the kingpins. They got everything. So if they if they said I'm going to give you a little piece and you a little piece and you a little piece and they get the lion's share, they'll they won't lose control for a long term play. But in the short term, they're they're cutting their nose off to spite their face, and not letting other people. Um, Make money on what they're doing because if they did that, they would make more money. You know what I'm saying? It's like not good to always isolate yourself into one look into one spot. And I I look at esports as a very in the future it's going to get that it's going to go there anyway. Yeah. In the future it's it's going to be segmented. There's going to be an 18 year old and over peer to peer play, 21 and older betting on esports section. There's going to be casual play of video gaming online for everybody else that's you know below the age of eighteen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and then there's going to be the pros. I mean, that's that you. I see, I see, I see. So you're saying
0: the total, the way competitive play is today, is going to change. It's going to be an eighteen plus mode. Is that what you're saying?
1: I'm saying that peer-to-peer play peer-to-peer play on a betting platform so if i'm if i'm 18 and old and older i can go into a section online somewhere online mm. and bet somebody i mean you could do oh yeah
0: no i i see what you're saying
1: you no know, i could do in but it's going to be regulated it's going to be oh you can't do that unless you're 18 or how older. how long until
0: you think that happens
1: well i know that there's peer-to-peer sites out there now But I I think the segmentation of the esports industry, it's probably, we're looking at maybe a couple years. I would say that happening in a couple years because Mm. it it has to. Um, And and it's going to happen whether the publishers like it or not. And if they don't get involved in it now, they will lose out on a lot of revenue. It's just going to happen that way. So, I mean, there's all kinds of, Issues with licensing, you know, they can make so much money if they were just smart about it. You know, if they, if somebody, if uh, if there was a peer-to-peer site out there and, you know, there's a million people playing, um, you know, I don't know, um, I don't know, Call of Duty against one another, okay, uh, online, um, and Blizzard Activision isn't isn't getting a licensing fee from that, uh, they're losing money on it. They should be, and uh, so that's my you know. So instead of instead of getting the money in chunks, twenty million here for this team, twenty million there for that team, they continue to do that if they want. But you can. There's other ways of getting more money. Listen, and I know that that the problem is that that's
0: by creating value, new ways to connect.
1: Right, but they're, but they're they're very concerned about image. You know, they I are first, yes i've asked so many um uh, you know i run the as you know we run the casino we esports conference and i've asked multiple people to um you know come and speak at the event who are from publishing companies ea uh activision blizzard riot um and this year was the first year that we actually had you know jay moses from take two which is just which is just you know it's really history making but You know, they really want to come and speak. I mean, I I got an email from Tim Sweeney, and I put it out there from Epic. And he's like, I I want to, but I can't, because my PR people won't let me.
0: Yeah, because it's all about their image, and especially Epic. They need to um, stay within a certain... Range of what they say, although they did say, although they are a little controversial because they are, they did get involved with the whole uh, Blizzard, Hong Kong, China controversy. They said that anybody could say whatever they wanted politically. So I don't see why they can't go into the gambling space and speak their mind if they're already being so open.
1: Because there's still a stigma in this country about gambling.
0: Yeah, like that's evil.
1: Yeah, like, it's, like, you know, that's where, you know, it's, like, down on, uh, you know, it's where the it's where the scum hang out.
0: Yeah, it makes no sense, and, but I sold my tuts.
1: I mean, so many people today, I mean, he's, legitimate sports betting is happening. Yeah, nobody has um, a problem with
0: fantasy football.
1: Yeah, nobody has a problem with fantasy football. Nobody gambling. Has a with, you know, and it's all gambling, and it's just fun, Um, and the people want it. Um, It's just, with their with their attitude and their PR people, it's like, well, how do we release new games and new titles and we're looking at a younger demographic? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, if you can publish and market to a younger demographic of people with a new game, why can't you market and publish and say, "This, this particular game, this version of our game, is only for people 21 and older? Why can't they do that?
0: I don't see why you know, they can't.
1: Uh, it's like, uh, so, you know, we have kids that play Little League baseball, kids that play high school baseball, kids that play college baseball, and kids that play, uh, and people who play pro baseball. Mm. But the only ones you can really bet on is professional baseball. Yeah. You can't, bet, you can't bet on college ball, you can't bet on high school ball, and you can't bet on on, on, uh, on Little League so there you go it's regulated. So why couldn't you say that the pro Overwatch you can bet on it. Anything else you can't. You got to be a certain age to bet on an Overwatch match. Yeah. And then you know and, and it's funny because you it's coming from the eSports is, is video gaming it mostly lives online. And I can tell you right now that there's a billion and one payment system companies that can tell you that we can verify by taking someone's picture, taking an image of their license before they even get on your site. So there's ways that they can do it and not let people enter that site if they're underage.
0: Just a matter of time.
1: Yeah, so it's going to happen.
0: In the next couple of years.
1: I agree. I agree. So there were some other articles that you, you put out uh, we were going to talk about today. Um, and yeah. That was,
0: um, we're already at the 30-minute mark. I think we can just breeze through them really quickly. It's really light. Uh, Fanatic yeah. bets on Lee 2. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. With Jota 2 partnership. So this Asian gambling company, Lee 2, has entered a partnership with Fanatic, And pretty much they're going to be exclusively helping them with their content creation and their in-game naming rights. Right. Uh, and they're launching comp- competitions as a part of the deal. So it's essentially just like a sponsorship partnership. It's just showing that there is crossover, but it's like a little weird, the crossover that's happening right now.
1: But it's, it's happening. It that's is happening. The, the betting and the, the, you know, the gambling world and esports world are converging, you know, I, it happens like at least every six months we hear mm. about another another partnership between those two industries. So, I, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and you know as it keeps as it continues to happen more and more, the publishers are going to lose out if they don't get involved in that game.
0: And they have to. <laughs> right. uh, and also the esports arena is expanding its operations to Nashville, Tennessee, and Kansas City. That's the uh, one that's in Las Vegas. What are they called? <laughs> So Allied Esports.
1: Right. right, Allied Esports. Spa. So they you are know,
0: expanding I, I, their locations.
1: You know, I took a, I took a, a, a quick gander at Allied Esports stock. It isn't doing well.
0: No. So why do you think they're creating more arenas?
1: Because that's what they know how to do. Mm. And that's where, and if they're going to do that, they're going to take the same people that have, listen... When you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Mm. So inve- investors that have invested in in their company and the stockholders that you know ha- own that stock, they need to make it look great.
0: like it's thriving.
1: Uh, exactly, and and you know they got to build it so that they can say we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're expanding our our footprint, and you know your stock's going to go up. But you know we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't I don't know if their stock's going to go up, but I know that it's in the decline right now. Um, it's not, definitely not where it opened when they did their first public offering. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things just like a wait and
0: see game right now. Everything is is unraveling.
1: You know what? It's, it's, it's sadly that is exactly what it is in this country. Anyway, it's always a wait and see game. Mm -hmm. And the thing about this country is everyone waits and sees. And when it's so big, that's when it's already too late.
0: Yeah. It's too late for a lot of people.
1: So. But, uh, you know, I hope that uh, anyone that was listening to uh, the podcast uh, tonight was, uh, you know, got a lot of information. um, And, you know, uh, I was just putting my name out there. I'm Ari Fox, and this is Jen Uchin. And we cover a lot of the things in esports. You can find me on LinkedIn, and Jen's on LinkedIn too, correct?
0: Yes, I am, Jennifer Uchin.
1: Yeah, so we can, if you ever wanted to reach out to us, connect with us. Uh, we'd be happy to talk to you. And yeah, sure. So uh, I hope you have a good night. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And um, we'll guess catch you next time in two weeks.